my goodness, a new era here at fantasypoints.com and at the Fantasy Points YouTube channel. One thing that has been missing for too long is actionable Dynasty video content. And here at Dynasty Points, we have that covered. If you are unfamiliar with the faces that you are looking at, well, let me break this down for you. We are not a new show. We are not a start or sit show. We have fun here. You should too. If you have never watched a full tilt program, we have always known one thing for sure. This game can rip your heart out just when you think you have all the answers. Well, we can tell you we don't have all the answers, but what we do have is a particular set of skills, skills we've obtained over a long career. And with those skills, we're always going to give you the most actionable and positive advice that we can in the most transparent way possible, the way dynasty content should be. So we wanted to thank everyone at fantasy points for giving a small podcast, a full tilt fantasy football, the opportunity to lead the way for video dynasty content here on the site. I could not be more excited to introduce the people with me today. And of course myself, I am the host with the most time on his hands. I am Thomas Tipple. You can find me at El Nostra Thomas everywhere. To my immediate side is Jacob Sanderson. You can find him at Jacob Sanderson over on X.com, the man that makes you think about thinking. And below me is somebody it, we couldn't be here right now if not for him um, from joining us way back when to now taking on a lead role with us here. That is Lucas Gilbert, one of the smartest human beings I know. You can find him at L Gilbert FF over at X.com. Nailed that correctly. I see all the comments. We love you. We're going to get to you. We're going to try to keep this as best we can to a sharp hour. Like we try to do every week. Just sometimes it doesn't work. But um, I just want to introduce the people with me here. So Jacob, quickly let the people know what you strive for perfection at what you do best while I kind of cut through these comments right here on screen. Look, my name is Jacob Sanderson. Um, if you are new to my work, uh, I have a sub stack called thinking about thinking, and that's really what I try to do on this program. Whatever I do with dynasty content is I try to come at it from the angle of knowing quite frankly, that I'm not going to be able to outplay or take every other analyst in this industry. There are people in the industry that are a lot better with data than I am. There are people in this industry, certainly, that are going to be able to derive more from watching the games. But what I try to do is I try to think about Dynasty as an incentive game. What are the incentives to try to win now? What are the incentives to try and gain more value? How can people have incentives to work together, to work mutually through trading and through thinking about the game a little bit differently and by trying to be a little bit more aware of all of the uncertainty that guides this crazy random game. So if I could put that into one sentence, I'm generally the person where if someone says, that's a great take, I agree with you. My first inclination is not to say thank you, it's to say, yeah, it's probably wrong. <laughs> Which is real hard to do. A lot of people, again, like to think they have all the answers, and that's when we pull the rug out from underneath. Lucas, let the people know where you fit in here and what you feel you do best so they can understand where you're coming from. What I do best is putting up with you, Thomas. Yeah. Each and every week, multiple days a week. Uh, really, it's just, you know, try to fill in the gaps here. Done a lot of data analysis with looking particularly at rookies, uh, but really just any sort of statement that will be put out into the fantasy universe and going back and checking and saying, is that actually right? <laughs> is that really something we want to do? And so that's where most of my work's been and really enjoy working with the rookies because of our uh, Devi show that we'll do uh, about every other Wednesday. So it's really fun getting to mix the Devi universe with the Dynasty universe and now getting to come in here and be in the forever rebuild and just getting to use those rookies all the time. So <laughs> it's a fun time. Uh, the forever rebuild. Oh man. That is just the dynasty mantra. Uh, for myself, I like to say, I speak for the people do a little bit 
of everything where I can. I just think it's important to to at least be a little more grounded, and that's kind of where I come in. I'm also here to do battle with Jacob against every wide receiver he seems to love for all time. As I mentioned, we are not a news program. There's 672,421 other podcasts, articles, website you can get the news from. This is not that. We have a game that we play every week that we'll get to later, but what we are here to do today, okay, we polled and asked um, Discord members that you can get access to at fantasypoints.com by being a subscriber to give us some teams that they have. See, we're here to identify the, the thumbnails that buy or sell, and in turn, that is somewhat correct. We are here to identify what your dynasty teams are. If you have a dynasty team that looks like some of these teams, this will apply to you. If you are on the opposite end of this, if you're a contender where these are sellers or a pretender or tweeners, we like to say, then you should be targeting some of these players that we're talking about getting rid of because they will help you. So this show will help everybody succeed in the long run. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do. This game is not played perfectly. Uh, I would be very confident saying anyone that told you they figured it out completely is lying to you um, because it's just not quite the case all the time. Look, we're going to take a quick second, but when we come back, I can't wait, but we're going to look at our first instance of one of these teams. Can't wait. Sit tight. All right, let's have a look. Right. <laughs> so first off, uh, not to alienate anyone, but MFL, let's get this over to sleeper, the superior, the superior of the fantasy apps, in my opinion. I before we really get into this, I want to address some of the comments here. We have Toronto Dave. Uh, this is this looks like ka ka ka, but it, it's for Canada. All right. Two of us are Canadian. Um, just phenomenal. We have True North up in here. Always, pr- always giving support. It's Trav, everyone there. Phenomenal. Earn, how are you doing, Earn? Good to see you out here. Ball is life. Shout out, Fantasy Point. Scott Barrett is the man. Yes. Speaking of which, Scott Barrett, Shallow Bench Dynasty League, have to drop one. It's Jake. Bobo, come on. I saw it <laughs> earlier. I know. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm not going to say that the answer isn't Jake Bobo, but I like, I think he's, I don't think he's like a guy that's going to matter in Dynasty, but I think he's actually good. <laughs> that's like, I think oh that he's actually, actually just a player. for like a third and not have to drop Who, anyone. What do you just mean? anything? Who's, trading, who's no, who's trading a third for Jake Bobo? Get out of here. Who's Nobody's trading a third for Jake Bobo. Relax. Orlando, shout out. Looking forward to the gems and nuggets. You guys will be bringing to the table a dollar dollar. We have to think outside the box ahead of the curve before everyone else being aware of a potential and team. Dang right. Nick Fury says Jake Bobo is fun. Can Scott get me a Jake Bobo spork score, please? No, I'd love, let's I would do love it. to see let's that. Do that. And uh, Quentin, huge surprise. Uh, Huge supporter. Why do I suddenly smell a lot of maple syrup? Because it's getting Canadian over here at Fantasy Points. Okay, let's get into this team. Let's do what we are here to do. I will give you a little bit of the rundown of this team. It, he says, this is Jeff73. This is a 12-team Dynasty Superflex full PPR right in our wheelhouse. I should start off with that, actually. Yep. Guys, we are Superflex nerds. That is our specialty. Look, no league is out of bounds here, except for maybe IDP. That stuff, we're that's I have nothing to contribute on IDP. You're you can ask the questions, you're not going to get banned. I'm just not going <laughs> to give you a helpful answer. That's right. That is speaking Martian to us. It's not great. But even single QBs, we will do our best, even though we we'll don't do necessarily best. play in those. This is also I, play, I have one single quarterback league and I took over an orphan that had Josh Allen. So basically the thoughts of like how to address the quarterback position in a single quarterback league has never occurred to me because the way I've addressed it is I just kept Josh Allen. <laughs> I haven't done anything. <laughs> and that, that's probably my plan exactly. for the next seven to eight years. And I just um, want to reference this. Pete, we love you. Don't look. If this is the nice question, you just don't drop them. But we don't do redraft here. Yeah, you can yeah. holler at me in the Discord, and I will get to that as soon as I can. But we do not do redraft here. Let's look at this squad. So from what we know, he's a three and eleven record right now. He said he has first three first round picks, including his own, which is so yeah. 
massive. The first thing you want to look at is do you have your own first or not? And obviously the next trick would be going and getting your pick back. But I see a couple of players here that I am more than willing to let go of. So let's you, have you told us the record, right? Three and eleven. So he is yeah. he yeah. knows where he's at. He is a seller. And we have some hot ticket sell items here. I'm looking at at least five players I would be looking at. So let's try to have a breakdown. I'm gonna I see you struggling there, Jacob. Uh, it is in the show yeah, sheet yeah. as well. If do you, you um do you have do you know like do you have any more information on like how far he is from last, what how draft picks are awarded, anything like that, that here? That is the information I have. We are going very general on this one. I'm sure the more listeners and viewers get used to this, uh, the more information we will try to get. And they have a median score like yes. record as well. Just just yeah. confirming because I'm only in one league where you have that median score. It's always fun, awesome. but it makes me feel way worse that I'm one and thirteen right. in that league. <laughs> so it makes sucking that much worse. Yes. I'll I'll start this off hot. I immediately am looking at Josh Jacobs. I think he is the biggest eyesore on this roster uh, as it pertains to getting points off. I'm just going to assume every one of these teams is not max point four and it's more record because I think max points four is more of a, a niche right now, even though we're trying to get it in that direction. But you still want to practice the, the point of getting points off your roster. Jeez, look at Brian Robinson scoring next to Josh Jacobs. That's just absolutely disgusting. Well, how would, how do you approach this Jacob? Well, I, I think that, you're kind of sorting this into three different categories of players, right? So the first thing is you're looking at the guys that are absolute must sells, right? Then you're looking at the, at the could sells and then the maybe sells. And basically first thing, my rule, and if, if anyone wants to check it out, I did an article on thinking about thinking for free on teardowns, which would be applicable to this. And the first thing is there, there are no sacred cows when you're tearing down your team. Right. I don't think anyone should be off limits. If anybody messages you and says, is X available? Yes, X is available. That being said, that doesn't mean you have to necessarily sell everyone. The most important factors that you should consider are how close are you to be able to get the first pick, right? Or, or realistically, just how much can you improve your draft pick by selling players? So you can capture that hidden value, that difference between where you're at if you do nothing mm. and then improving the value of your own pick irrespective of any of the specific trades that has legitimate value. And then beyond that, looking at the individual players, you're looking at where's this player valued now, where are they going to be valued? Do I think at the beginning of the off season, and you have to factor in some level that there's going to be more downside risk on most players than upside, right? It's easier to get hurt than it is to be a superstar. It's frankly easier to underperform than it is to be a superstar. So any of these players, right? You look at certain guys, you look at your Josh Jacobs for sure, right? You look at your, what's it? I'm trying to look at another example here. Josh Jacobs is the one that sticks out, but I would even argue that Damian Pierce probably yep. falls in, into this bucket. And, you know, even a DK Metcalf would fall into this bucket of guys that are, are, are going to decline in value basically no matter what, just by the function of their age, right? Now for Jacobs, that's going to be a steeper decline year to year than Metcalf but it's still going to be a slight decline. And then you're looking at these other types of guys where it's not really an age issue, but it's a risk tolerance issue, right? Damian yeah. Pierce, Brian Robinson, not old, but they have roles right now. What do those roles look like next season? It's a major concern. And so those are the guys that I would look to just de-risk and get off the team. If you can get basically anything that's higher than what you expect as their median value to be next off season, right? To me, that's more important than even like the quote unquote market value. Right. And then what you're looking at with these other guys, you know, like an Alave, a Flowers, a Trevor Lawrence. To me, that's a matter of, okay, it's team circumstance and it's offer dependent. You don't have to get rid of those guys, right? Pretty safe investments. But if anyone's willing to really pay up because they want to use not only their value moving forward, but their value this year, their value this year is nothing to you. So if you're able to get a bunch more picks and able to win that value, I think you should be willing to consider that, especially depending on how liquid your league is. So right. um, the short answer is I would sell every single player on this team if I'm presented a good enough offer and just be staring at a blank sheet of, uh, of HTML. The long answer is I think you got to sort these guys into like Jacobs. I would take less than the market for. I, I want to move Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, Olave, pay me, right? Pay me, pay me heavily and I'll consider it. Otherwise, um, he can be part of the future. Right. I think when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at what is my core. I know Quinton is here saying that he 
He's not that far off from contending. I think he's very far off from contending just based on if this is what his team is now and he is this far down, I would love to be able to see the rest of that league. You can't always depend on next year. Things are going to be different. They're going to be different, but different how. It's not always better, uh, but it can always be worse. So you want to be able to have the most flexibility you can. And like Jacob said, liquidating if he assets is the way to go. Uh, I think you're right. I think I'm taking under market on Josh Jacobs. Uh, I, I would honestly be trying to sell Daniel Jones at this point. It's super flex. So if you can even get a one for him, I would definitely consider taking that offer. Uh, I don't mind hanging on to Tyler Algier right now, but I think Pierce has to go. I think Brian Robinson, while his value is kind of up right now, he should also be gone. Guys like Kendrick Bourne, Michael Gallup, Darnell Mooney, they're just not doing it for your roster. Even the Rashid Shahid, definitely Darius Slayton. I would be getting rid of every single one of these guys that aren't a core guy, but I will say one player that we have not mentioned much that I love that he already has is Pat Firemuth. I'm big up on Pat Firemuth. I'm not giving up on him. I think I'm I'm hanging on to him if I can. But you're right. The easiest way, this is definitely a liquidate roster, in my opinion. And I, I want to push back on what Quentin's talking about, about two years away. It's not that far. Adding a couple pieces. I think that's the wrong way to look at some of these things. You know, I, I would re- outside of extremely illiquid leagues, I would really try to reject that line of thinking entirely. I, I don't want to be tinkering on the edges of rosters that aren't competing. I want to be converting all of these assets into picks and then buying a new team next year with those picks, right? So I don't don't want to be waiting until 2025. Why are we keeping Damian Pierce waiting for 2025? There's so much more bad than good that can happen. I want to be, like Nick is saying, trade every single player on that roster except for Lawrence Flowers and Olave, convert it into liquid, right? When I talk about liquidation on the show, like picks are cash, it's a universal store of value. You are, you go to someone and say, do you want a player? They might like that player. They might hate that player. They might feel just okay about that player. You say, do you want a pick? Everybody's going to take or leave how much they value picks, but at least it has kind of a universal currency effect where there's not going to be any person who's like, I don't want anything to do with Damian Pierce. I love Damian Pierce, right? You're going to have that universal store of value where you can flexibly go buy whatever it is you need to go shape that team. I agree. I don't think this team is that far away if you just look at the cumulative value of the players. But to me, I'm getting rid of all of the risk factors that's on this team. I don't want to let any of these players die on my roster. I want to go liquidate and then go buy and basically a new starting lineup around those core three guys next season. So, Jacob, I think you said something really interesting during your initial look at this roster and that you want to be selling people who you think aren't going to have comparable or higher value going into the off season. And whenever I'm looking at this roster, obviously the obvious one is Josh Jacobs. But if you can't get more than a second plus for Damian Pierce or Brian Robinson, then I think especially those two players, you can feel fairly comfortable going into the off season, holding them and wanting to gain at least a second if that's where it is but try to hold out for a second plus maybe even two seconds if Damian Pierce can actually start scoring touchdowns but that's what I would be looking for in terms of not wanting to just obviously or move at all costs for them especially if you're already three and 11 and the quarterback situation is not going to be helping you winning games and honestly the running back situation really shouldn't be helping you win right. games either like I'm very fine hanging on to them until the offseason and moving them from co- for comparable value that you could potentially get right now. And the upcoming rookie running back class, there's stud after stud in the second round for the running backs, uh, just because there's not that one elite guy who makes them all look better or makes you want to get in on that class. It's a bunch of second round picks. So right. you can get somebody to replace them later on too. 100%. I And look, when it comes to the, it's a couple of years away, we don't know where players' values are going to be. Remember when DK Metcalf, Jacob, you talked about this a lot a couple mm-hmm. years ago, DK Metcalf was like wide receiver five in Dynasty across consensus. He's currently sitting, I just uploaded my ranks for fantasypoints.com. I, I have wide receiver 19. Like, he's just falling because his alpha role is depleted and they have JSN there. So uh, you don't know where things are going to shake up. We don't know where Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be in the ranks. You can't assume that value is getting held for any reason. So always good to note that that was team one. So we are going to fire up team two. 
here in a minute. And I'll at least go a lot faster on this one. I, I want to. I wanted to kind of talk a little bit conceptually for potentially some new people to the audience. I know other people. We talked about a lot of those things a couple of weeks ago. Right. Just one second, everyone. Here we go. Second team. Okay. This is a one QB. I know. I know. But. We're going to go through it. He says, currently one and five, about to be one and six. Hopefully trying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. The infrastructure is there. Had some bad luck this season with Higgins, Jefferson, and Mondre for the future, but looking to sell players and get some buy-low candidates for next year and some picks. Who should be next on the chopping block? And what should I look to acquire? I have one 24 first, three 24 seconds, one 25 first, two 25 seconds, and two 25 third so obviously we're gonna skim down i know one qb and not dark mode look we're, we're doing our best okay i don't know if i can switch to dark mode on here i can't okay so i'm sorry for the the light mode okay we're gonna work on that in the future again we're gonna get to the comments right we're gonna get to the comments i just we don't have a lot of time to go through them all he said i'm taking mental notes right now this is good stuff Quentin says you're making good points. Honestly, I'm going to take the strategy and give it a try. And we have some people saying more than happy with one second for Pierce right now. Uh, I agree. This, okay, one, looking at this, this one's a fun one to talk about. And I don't want to all, if you guys want to go over any other players, I want to focus this on one player that I think really encapsulates a lot of my perspective on the, the difference between tearing down and rebuilding. Right. Okay. And if people do read that column that I wrote about, um, tearing down. I talked about the idea that a lot of people, when they hear tear down, they think tear down equals the first step of a rebuild. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think those are a different things. To me, a tear down just means you want to convert current production value into liquidated assets, prove the value of your pick, and then you go and restock and reassess whatever you want to do. And a player that really encapsulates that idea to me, it's not even a player take, but Ken Walker, in the sense that you have a young player who I think a lot of people, when they have struggling teams and they have a player like a Ken Walker, they look at it and they say, oh, I'm not moving this guy. Like this is the building block that I want to build around. In some cases, that might be true. In this case, what I see is a team that has Justin Jefferson, Ken Walker, Kyle Pitts, and I'll be honest, not a whole lot else, right? I look at this list, Justin Jefferson's hurt. You're, there's no point in selling him. Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, really his, I miss T Higgins on there, but he's another great example of Higgins and Pitts are both guys who are, are not really lighting up the scoreboard at the moment and their value is probably a little bit depressed. Don't think there's a whole a lot of point in selling them. But Walker is that young player who is crushing right now, where if you look at this and you say, I only have my own first next year. And I have these four guys, you know, really one superstar and a few other decent studs. If you just hold everybody, your rebuild is going to take a very long time because you think of where you need to be value-wise, production-wise, how are you going to get the rest of the pieces? If you think about it like a savings account, right? If you need 100K and you currently have 80K and you have two choices what you can do with that 80K, you can either put it in a tax-free savings account or you can invest it, right? If you're saying... I'm putting 60,000 of my 80K in the tax-free savings account. I'm only investing the 20. You need to double your 20 to get to 100, right? right? But if you put all of the 80 into that investment, now that frees up your options. You only need to make you know, a 25% increase instead of a 100% increase. So I look at this and say, Ken Walker is doing great right now. You might even think he's a very stable asset. Nobody's a stable asset, but re as far as assets go, he's pretty stable asset. But how is his value going to grow? Could he be doing better than he is right now? Not a whole lot. He's doing great, right? Is he going to get younger? No, <laughs> right? So you look at it, I would say, I would rather dilute this asset while it's at its peak and dilute it not necessarily into things that are valuable than him, but just into more opportunities to create value because you need to have more opportunities to create value. Mm -hmm team because there's not a whole ton on the roster and you know this might even be a team where you get into the offseason i start hearing offers on a justin jefferson seeing what i can do with package wise but right now my number one thing i'm doing i'm moving ken walker i feel like this is a perfect opportunity to mention something like buying injured and aging vets because in a one qb league i would be more than happy to go and find whoever the nick chubb owner is and offer him ken walker for nick chubb in a one um and Maybe even something on top oh, of that. more than that. Yeah, give me more than that. Right, but I'm I'm just, as a base level, right, if you can get someone on IR, and maybe Nick Chubb is dust, maybe he is, but I think in a points-per-game aspect, if he comes back and plays next year, I don't think him and Ken Walker are going to be that far apart if Nick Chubb has anything left. So it gives you 
flexibility. It's taking points off of your roster. It's helping you secure that number one pick. And it's giving you a, a value over at replacement level player and liquid assets to help you navigate. Obviously, I also want to get Ramondre off of this team. I want to get Geno Smith off of this team. You do not need to roster two quarterbacks in a one-quarterback league 90% of the time. Uh, so if there's somebody struggling at QB, no problem trying to get anything I can for Geno. Gabe Davis, you out of here. Good knowing you. Romeo Dobbs. You're out of here. Good knowing you. Same thing. Darrell Henderson right now, you should absolutely be out there hammering draft oh, sure. Henderson to yeah. anyone that Hendo's, might be. Uh, Hendo's salt of the highest bidder. 100%. And it doesn't matter if they know that's what you're doing. It doesn't matter. Just get what you can for him. Right. In this case, you do not want to gatekeep players at the, the cost and risk of losing right. That liquid asset. I would literally just be like, at all in the chat. Daryl Henderson is going to the highest bid by Sunday at nine in the morning. Silent yeah. auction, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you got a great taxi squad. Rasheed Rice and Taji Spears. They they're looking yeah, really good. I like oh, the Dulcich here, right? Bateman. There's, there's some hope on this team. There there is. But for right. the this most- is one of those teams where, like, yeah, if you do nothing, it might be good in a couple of years. But I would hit that accelerator. And how many times have you seen? We just talked about a great example with Metcalf. How many times have you seen the team that, like, there's the team in your league that drafts all the rookies, they, they, they tank the first year, they draft all the rookies, and you're like, oh man, that team is going to be a house in three or four years. And then they don't add to it that year. They kind of sit back. They're like, oh, I just want to let my young guys develop. It's like, okay, well, whatever. They're going to be awesome eventually. They're just being patient. And then, what happens? You know, look at some of these guys in recent years. Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman. So, so many of these guys that we thought were these ascending studs, right? you know, not necessarily being that way. Even you look at a guys, like you mentioned, DK Metcalf, you know, Jalen Waddle comes to mind. T Higgins comes to mind. They're not going anywhere. They're not crashing to zero, but probably the shine has come off a little bit on some of these guys. Whereas, you know, realistically, I'm kind of looking at when I get some, when I have all these sexy young guys after this tank year, it's like, let's move some of these dudes into assets that have a little less helium. Right. Couldn't I, man, you're just on point tonight. And I love that. Uh, We do have a question here about getting your own first back. I am going to hit that probably after the last team. So as mentioned, we will get to the questions uh, as soon as it is, but also Mondre again is another player you might be able to squeak a one out for, especially in a one QB league where that pick scarcity really drops off from eight to 12. You're more than likely going to be able to net one of those late ones. It may not seem like the best right now, but you could do a lot worse. How do you how do you feel about attaching like Trey Lance onto one of these fringe first round players to try that? Just this is a one quarterback dynasty. League. I know the drop Jake, button on Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Jake, a half you can drop him in superflex. You're certainly dropping him in one quarterback. Come on, yeah. Trey Lance. I mean, but, it's dead. But, but you now, can also move to uh, I think for like an injured Anthony Richardson right now and be able to get, I would be the same in moving to for one of the rookie wide receivers and something else. Like if someone's willing to give me something for the quarterback, yeah, first Gino is the one I'm moving first, but whatever quarterback you can get the most value for in a single quarterback league is what I'm going to do to help me hit the accelerator button on this you have one really high value quarterback and then one mid tier value quarterback on a team where you're definitely going to have a high enough pick to get one of the rookies and stick them in your taxi squad. You can liquidate those assets right now and get the best you can for them and just lock one of those rookies in with a later first round pick or an early second round pick um, from which you acquire in some of these other deals. I don't think you need to hold on to and fall in love with either one of these quarterbacks. I could see a world where moving both of them is the best way. And then you can technically set a quote unquote legal lineup by sticking Trey Lance in the quarterback spot because guess what? He is a quarterback. That's true. So there you go. Now we've covered the illegal lineup. Now now we found Trey Lance's value. Yeah. <laughs> now we know what Trey Lance does for this team. Now we know for sure what that value is. Okay, so there you go. Oh, I forgot to shout out to me. At least he would outscore Deshaun that, Watson this week. That, that's Andrew 101 uh in the Discord. And last one here is from Huskers Rule. This is the second Huskers. Different Huskers. I did check this one uh from the OG full tilt chat. This is a different uh Huskers name here. Give me one second. I am going to pull that up. It's only gonna look ugly for a minute, I swear. 
There we go. Obviously, we love the start here with Trevor Lawrence. Let's get the feedback. Currently four and eight, looking to move to five and nine. He's the sixth highest score. Started my rebuild last year. Do I push in and try to get a piece or two to really compete? Or do I sell off again? I really thought I had a decent shot this year. So I let it ride the last couple of weeks, thinking my luck would turn around. I currently have two X 24 firsts, two 24 seconds, one 25 first and two 25 seconds. Uh, this is again a one QB. It looks like yes. Uh, we have kickers and defense. That's going to be the first thing. Get rid of those. But just to, as we go through quick here, you have multiple backup defenses. Let's come on. Yeah, we got to drop those 100%. We have some, I mean, we have Aaron Rodgers sitting on the IR. We have J.K. Dobbins sitting on the IR. Could be worse. Uh, definitely a Scott Barrett fan with the Justin Ross, but also shout out Sky Moore. Yeah, tough, tough break, Justin Ross. Right. Debo, Hurt, so, Mingo, Bust, Kendra, Kyron We like that. Kyron Williams has got to go. First look, Kyron well, Williams. Well, he's hurt. Let's not move when he's hurt. Right. But I'm saying down the road, he's definitely, I'm looking at uh, it. He's got to go. He's my RB24 right now, so he's definitely moved up. Um, but we see Najee, I mean, Romeo. This is this is one of those teams, right, where it is kind of that young team where I think you have to be very – you have to be intentional of what you're doing. I see sometimes players get stuck in this treadmill where they keep all the young players. They're like, oh, I hope this is the year that my team comes together. And then they don't really score that many points because their team just is all young players. And then, then, then they get to midseason. They're like, oh, I guess I should trade away my players. They trade them for picks. Then they just make their draft picks, and they have the same team of young guys again the next year. And they end up in this ever-evolving thing. So my take on it is this. like, If you are the active manager and you're in a highly liquid league, so if it were my team, yeah, I'm selling a lot of these guys. And I'm looking at this and saying, how can I get the highest pick possible? And then I'll go and rebuy a lot of players. But if that's not you, right? If you're a more, the more patient manager that kind of just wants to slowly assemble things, then it's probably not worth it to bother. Like I would only be selling off the bulk of these players if my intention and and I thought that I had the ability to then turn around in the offseason and sell all of these first round picks to go assemble the Monstars next offseason. Otherwise, I'm probably keeping the core guys and, you know, maybe just maybe let it ride for another week or two if you're kind of close to the playoff run. But then, you know, uh, you're probably going to look at moving most of these guys that are in their peak. And I, and I would even extend, you know, down as far as like your Deontay, Hop, Hawkinson, Cooper, um, Debo, you know, those prime agent up type guys where I'd be looking at, at seeing what's out there. But this team, I mean, it's definitely not that far off on value. It's just a construction concern. Right. You are playing with limited slots here as well. Like, I know that Deontay was, you know, off Olave, dealing with a horrendous Derek Carr right now. Just awful. Um, what's going on there? And Amari Cooper dealing with a horrendously weird situation in Cleveland. I think that there's opportunity here. I think that you could go and try to find some vets at the cheap if you really think that, you you know, you can put up a good fight. I know the players like Adam Thielen and things like that that are really popping off, especially here late to, you know, 2024 in a single QB league. Ask it out a second and a third. He's putting up QB one numbers. His wins over replacement is crazy right now. Um, he could definitely suit you better than possibly what Namari Cooper is doing. And you might be able to find yourself a cheap fill in running back. I mean, I think Jacob's right here. I think you, this is one of the rare teams where you have enough youth and stability that you could kind of skirt along and see what happens for the next week or two, and then just get the best liquid assets you can. If it does tank out, because you said you're the sixth highest score and you've dealt with some serious, serious injury and Arthur Smith problems. And that just big shout out to even be able to do that. But that's kind of where I'm at with this. I am at kind of a hold holding pattern, but that doesn't mean you can't poke around and start asking questions. I would toe the line and start asking questions on both sides, buyers and sellers, kind of how they're feeling, get in touch with the league and then kind of figure out what's going on from there. Lucas. Definitely. Uh, I'm looking, the only one that I'm really trying to sell immediately that isn't an obvious one i feel like is javante williams i feel like that's somebody who has value but isn't somebody who's really going to be helping you make your push if you're trying to go up and you do have other options on your bench or even in your flex and like Najee harris that you could put in there you could also look at trying to sell Najee, but i think Najee's overall value is lower 
than Javante's right now. I think that's just mainly the perception of how inefficient he's been this season. And people are still thinking that Javante is going to come back a little bit stronger after his injury. And he did just have a nice week. He's primed for a good week this week. So he's somebody who I'd be looking so to Najee. try and sell. True. No, he she did have a cares, good one. Nope, nobody yeah. cares, though. He yeah. finally outscored Jalen Warren. What a world. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's yeah. somebody who he's not going to help you win in terms of like putting your team over the top, and I feel like you can still get good value and find suitable replacements. And yeah, Adam Thielen is the quintessential person to add to a team like this if you're doing better than you think, but I don't think that this team is good enough to actually compete for the championship so i'm more on the selling side than just the holding side because there are okay. so many weird assets i think i think moving either javante or Najee can be good because you're really just waiting for kyron to come back anyway and not to mention you have a chan uh, hopefully coming back at some point this year too so help could be on the way shoring up that flex spot i love that you have hawkinson here um i know i've called him tj blockinson for a long time but i mean i can't I can't dispute it anymore. The guy's just putting up numbers game in and game out. I will say, if you want the best way to secure value, get rid of these defenses on your bench. There is nothing that will sink your dynasty roster fast enough than assets that can't gain any value. You're not trading these. Get them out. Get a backup running back. Get any running back. What, what is it? Any running back on the 52? Get one 53. on there. 53, on. sorry. Get them on there. Get some wide receivers on there. Literally anything. These defenses do nothing for you except fill them in. You're going to be able to pick them up off waivers. And if somebody's out there hoarding defenses and not letting you pick up players off waivers, then you're already ahead. You're, you're already ahead. Let them hoard defenses. It does not matter. Please, can we stop with the hoarding of the defenses? Jeez. Sorry, I, that was Huskers. I'm sorry. That was a little aggressive, but stop it, man. Stop it. That's everybody with the defenses. Stop it. But I like I like that you have Kincaid. I like that you have Likely. I mean, at this point, I'm almost willing to flex Kincaid <laughs> with the Dawson Knox news. So, I mean, I think I think you can definitely make a little bit of a push here. We uh, Are we doing some picks? We are going to do player picks. We're going to be right back. Just final points on these. Hopefully you guys took something from this and hopefully this is a good introduction to kind of our thought process, how we think and and how we uh, really approach dynasty as a landscape as a whole. We're going to be right back after this quick break. When we come back, we are going to explain the game that we play. It's not really dynasty focused, but it keeps us kind of engaged throughout the season and, and there is something on the line. Okay. I know a lot of shows that do these fun games for bragging rights. Nah, nah. There is a crucial prize uh, being fought for weekly in this game. Sit tight. When we come back, we're getting into it. Okay. Every week, me and the boys here, we pick players ranked outside of the top 15 at running back and quarterback weekly for PPR. We take a wide receiver right outside of the top 20 and a tight end outside of the top 10. We take those players. We pick them. We calculate the points at the end of each week and the winner at the end of the year gets the privilege of picking the other hosts drinks for the live draft show now with fantasy points covering day one and day two is full tilt going to do day three. It's what we did last year. It's kind of looking that way now, either way, full tilt will be live streaming either on full tilt FFB or on fantasy points day three of the NFL draft. And really a couple years ago, Jacob won this thing and had Billy spinning all evening live on the draft as it progressively, I think it was a six course meal you uh, cooked up for Billy. And then of course last year is unreal last week uh, over on the full tilt dynasty YouTube channel. I look, Jacob picked Dobbs, Roshan, Drake, London, and, and Joku concussions. Concussions. That's right. Uh, Lucas, did we retally up the points? Yes, we did. Jacob is back to dead last after last week. Dobbs 16.1, uh, Roshan 0, London 11.4, Nojoku 10.4. Who are your picks this week, Jacob? Let's do it. I'm at the quarterback position. We're taking Derek Carr, the Colts. They started this year with this laughable secondary, my Colts. Uh, and then eventually 
they made some changes. They were like, we're, we're not playing Daryl Baker Jr. anymore. We're going to bring in Juju Brents. We're going to bring in Dallas Flowers. And their secondary was pretty reasonable. And then Dallas Flowers out for the year. Juju Brents suffered a quad injury. He's out for a while. And meet the new Colts secondary. It's same as the old shitty Colts secondary because all the reasonable players got hurt. So we're back to my guy, Daryl Baker, the worst cornerback that I've really encountered in my time as a Colts fan, probably playing every snap against Chris Olave. Start Chris Olave in DFS. Uh, and I'm going to go Derek Carr for a bounce back game. On the other side of the same game, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. He's still been in a split with Zach Moss, but... I thought this was the first week that he truly looked quote unquote back. I thought the first couple of weeks I saw some flashes, but I didn't think he was that explosive. Really his big explosive play was on like a perfectly designed screen with no one around him this week. I thought he showed some real nice runs. He had that kind of elite contact bounce where he's just kind of bouncing around out there. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing a few years ago back and brought back some shades of that 2021 season. And then they hit him on this wheel route out of the backfield. That was really dope. Um, I'm excited about him in this spot, potentially getting hit, getting going and reestablishing himself as that clear lead back. Going with Calvin Ridley. Um, the, the, when you look at the weighted opportunity rating between him and Kirk, it's almost been the exact same. Kirk, of course, being the more consistent player, he's getting the higher target volume in the shorter areas. Ridley's been the higher ADOT guy. I do think that the gap between them is being overstated. And, you know, you're gonna you're going to have these narratives with these receiving games where people are going to look and say, oh, you know, this guy's frustrated. He's not getting enough usage. You know what's going to happen? The first play of the game, it's going to be like a bubble screen just to get the ball into Ridley's hands, make him feel a part of the scheme again. Uh, I like Calvin Ridley this week as that bounce back guy. And then uh, we're going with Trey McBride, who I think is kind of a free square option here at the tight end position. His per route usage has been much better this year than it was in last year. And Zach Ertz is now no longer with us uh, for the next four weeks, mercifully so. Uh, And so this is the start of Trey McBride tight end one season. You know who doesn't need a little bubble scream to get engaged in the offense because he's the now overtaken Calvin Ridley for first read target share? Yeah, it's Christian Kirk. Uh, it's just how it is. It's just how it's going to be. Look, I'm second in this. I'm going to run through this quick. There was a question that we didn't answer that I want to make sure we answer more than anything else. So I'm going to quickly run through my picks. I'm second with 262.66 points. My picks this week, Dak, I think he's going to have a great game here. I think that Rams game is a real chance to shoot out. We have Javante. Obviously, Kansas City gives up the most points uh, over expectation at the position of running back. We'd love that for Javante. Michael Pittman Jr. is, in my opinion, a free square here. He's just been really good this year. And then Kincaid, just like Ertz being gone, Knox gone, Kincaid, blow-up game incoming. Lucas, you're in the lead with 265.88 points. What do you got? Oh, just barely in the lead. It was much better looking last week. But going into week eight, still targeting some good matchups. But I went a little more boomer bust than I typically do, mainly because my tight ends keep sucking for me. But quarterback going Sam Howell, very boomer bust. But he looked really good in the first meeting against Philly, arguably his best game as a pro, hoping at home he can run it back and have at least 15 points, if not a little bit better. Ramondre Stevenson, another repeat game. Going up against Miami, he had a touchdown that saved his week last time. He looks to be a little bit more involved in the offense now than he was in weeks one and two. And maybe he falls in the end zone again, but I think there's a good baseline there. Then Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson figured it out. You throw to Garrett Wilson and good things happen. So <laughs> after the bye week, hoping for even more good things, even more targets, 11-12 target game will make me extremely happy. And then Taysom Hill. Jacob said all we need to say about the Colts, but I'm hoping that he'll have another great week. He's been trending in a very positive direction, and I'm this is more of a bet against Derek Carr than it is a bet for Taysom Hill. But here we are. Yeah, man, that's just how it's how it's gonna be. Um, look, we have our underdog plays as well. Jacob does have to get out of here. Normally, I mean, sometimes these shows go long, but this is a work thing, and. You know, we have to keep it as is very important. Lawyer man over here has very important lives to save. Um, so- I don't have lives to save tonight, but I do have a work event that I got to run to. <laughs> so- business attire. Um, so I'll quickly give my underdog take. And then I know there were some good questions that Lucas and Tom are going to handle. We will, very well. we will do the question um, a bonus for after. 
My underdog pick quick. It's funny because I didn't know what Lucas's quarterback streamer was going to be, but my underdog pick is Sam Howell under 229 and a half passing yards. And here's why uh, Ron Rivera was asked today, is Sam Howell you're still your starter? And he said, yes. And the, but he did not rule out the possibility of making a change at some point in 2023. I think that that some point comes this week, Sam Howell. I wrote in uh, the hitchhiker's guide to running back this week. I think my quote was Sam Howell would rather take 606, 763 sacks per game than throw a check down once in his life, which really limits <laughs> this offense. I cannot watch this guy. Well, frankly, like for his own safety, um, continue to just get steamrolled by defenses as he refuses to find an open man. Um, they've lost four or five Rivera's on the hot seat. I think this is a situation where there's a legitimate chance that if they're down by 14 points at the half that we're seeing the brisket come on in. So, um, I think you, you have like a 50, 50 chance of just being under regardless, add in some chances of the benching risk. And I'm taking the howl under with that. This was awesome. I'm so happy to be doing this. Um, I love you all in the chat. I will normally be here for the hour to hour 15 to hour 30 that we go. But um, I've got to run quick. Unfortunate timing, but um, love you guys. Right. So we are going to do a little thing that we don't get the opportunity to do very often, Lucas. Uh, It's going to be bonus time. This is the time of the show where it is questions only. But we will, of course, finish our triple play or our triple play, our underdog triple pickums play. There we go. Got that out. Look, if you haven't joined Underdog yet, you should join the online sensation now. Use promo code Fantasy Points and play along with us. Jacob took the under on Sam Howell. I'm taking the over on AJ Brown's receiving yards, 90 and a half yards. The dude is unstoppable right now. Good luck trying to stop him. Lucas, who do you have? Yeah, talk about going with the hot hand. Holy cow, A.J. Brown's looked amazing. But I'm going with Mr. George Pickens. He's looked really good this season with only one off game against Houston whenever. They couldn't do anything at all. I'm counting that as a fluke. Every single other game that Deontay Johnson's not been a part of, he has gone for well over 52 and a half yards. I understand he's back, but I'm going to make the bet on him taking at least a week to get more integrated into the offense and George Pickens can get over 52 and a half yards on one play. That's just the kind of wide receiver he is. So I feel really good. 52 and a half. Hold on. You think it's going to take him more time to get back into the offense? Yante Johnson scored 12.9 fantasy points this week. Okay. Do you know, do you know, do you know what George Pickens scored this week? 10.7. 10.7. 7. 15.7. 15. Sorry, I'm looking at standard. I'm being dumb. Deont Bay is already back. Okay. And the true alpha. Look, George Pickens is the alpha when he is allowed to fully extend his arms and push defensive backs out of the way to make game winning catches against the Baltimore Ravens. Then he's an alpha. But when he has to create separations without the gift of offensive pass interference, he is a fake alpha in the lines of Kenny Galladay that can run two routes. Okay, so I'll give Someone you the one because I think he's got – I am bitter. But I think he's got a good matchup. Okay, I think it's a decent enough matchup. He has a good matchup. He, has, he needs one, one more broken play for him to look great on, like a broken cover three shell where no one – no one pays attention to him and he gets a 70 yard touchdown. Okay. That's all you need for him, but I'm, I'm not nah. this Deontay Johnson needs a nah, 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 nah. We're going to take this time. I'm going to go through some of the comments that I haven't gotten to just yet. Obviously Brian Drake over at fantasy football has always told there would be Kenny Omega talk tonight. There's, this is a bonus. It's not that kind of bonus. We're not talking wrestling tonight, though. I am a retired professional wrestler. We are not talking Kenny Omega tonight. Maybe another time. We're going to have to chat that up. I am promising Toronto Day says I'm smiling ear to ear watching this right. Yeah. We love you, TD. Been here a lot. Nick Fierce says we're supposed to, we're supposed to submit rosters because I have lots of content. Yeah. We asked the uh, fantasy points discord for that and they really showed out. I mean, the support has been absolutely amazing. Uh, Carlos, do you guys have projections that I can download for DFS? No. Um, but again, with all the fantasy points.com DFS stuff that's out there, the full tilt fantasy football also has a DFS show that releases every week with Jacob Sanderson and Davis Maddock. So you can tune into that. If you don't get enough fantasy points 
Facebook.com content. Chris Sanzo, shout out Chris Sanzo. See this play a lot of man, and Kirk dominates targets for them against man. Now, of course, I say this, Ridley is going for six for one, 10 and two. That's okay, because that means Kirk has already caught nine passes for 145 and three, because that's just how it happens. The big dog eats first. Chris also wants to know if Jacob's hat game will transfer. Probably, but he had a lawyer work thing tonight. So that's what's up. Orlando, yes, bonus. That's right. Uh, Hope you can check my team before you end. Not this time, but Orlando, we'll set it up for another episode. We're going to do a lot of these. We're going to be doing some AMAs over on TikTok and on YouTube here on Saturdays. So don't worry. Dynasty Points is going to have you covered uh, not a Kenny G comparison. Hey, fake alphas. He is the man. He is the man for fake alphas. Chris Sanzo, no one's ever seen George Pickens and Van Jefferson in the same room. Van Jefferson doesn't get away from the full stiff arm offensive pass interference. Now, the question I wanted to get to uh, was Kalen O'Connor. When talking about getting your first back, can you talk about what to do when someone wants their first back? Do we absolutely tax the hell out of them? or hold it if it can be a top three pick. Now I'll say this from the get-go. I am ruthless with this. I am not giving up a top three pick without market value to begin with. Okay, now I'm not one that you think, okay, you should tax somebody extra just because they're down bad. I don't play fantasy football like that, and I'll tell you why. I get a lot of trades completed. I get a lot of trades completed. If the Discord at Fantasy Points wants like a trade thread of deals I've done and kind of explaining them. I can get that done. We can start talking about that more dynasty content coming to that discord 100%, but I get a lot of deals done because I do not concern myself with, well, this guy's kind of a dick. Um, You know, people in my league don't make good trades. Uh, This guy's value sucks. I just don't care about any of that. I find what works for both teams. And very rarely if I'm, contending and i'm sitting on a 103 bag i don't care and i'm going to hold it because i'm already at a point of advantage if i'm down bad and i don't have my first for that year i'm already looking to the next year or two in advance because i know the price of getting that pick back is going to be 4x and it's going to only increase over time so you you almost either sell your soul for this or punt it in my opinion to 25 26 there's no easy answer But if you have that person's first, I'm just not giving it up. I'm not going to give it up simply because I don't have to. There's nothing aside from someone. Look, if it's a super flex, let's look at it this way. 101, probably Caleb Williams. He's not my 101. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. is my 101. It's not Caleb. Uh, I'm more than happy to trade down from Caleb to get Marvin Harrison. I'm going to be very open about that. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. no matter what. This is a Vontae Max situation for me with Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, he's dynasty wide receiver three for me if he came out today and wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be close. I think he is just that good. If you listen to the Full Tilt Debbie podcast, we uh, we got that covered with uh, John Arrington, Lucas here, and of course, Andy Starr. But shout out those guys. But I'm not giving that up, especially if like imagine a team where you already have Justin Jefferson, Brees Hall, Lamar Jackson, right? TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews, why would you give up having the opportunity to roster Marvin Harrison Jr. there? I'm just not giving it up, but it isn't because I want to tax them. However, I'm also never going to say no. If somebody wants to give me three first, four first, and their team is bad, okay, now we can talk. If I can flip that potential 103 and get an elite quarterback, if this guy's team is bad, not quite sure how he would have those assets, but I would do it. I would do it quickly. You always want those elite scarcity positions. But short of that, I'm just not going to do it, let alone taxing them for it, because the tax should just be at that market value. And especially if you hold that pick until before the draft. Lucas, there's nothing dirtier than holding on to an asset that you know is going to 4x in value the day of the draft in May or June, whenever you have it, because that's when that pick is the most valuable. The second that pick is made, that pick loses value. If you sell that pick too early, you're selling short on value. You sell that pick at its prime and you're getting 4X base value for that pick. How do you approach this situation? Sorry for the monologue. So we we talked about this a long time ago on the fantasy walkabout about how whenever it comes to getting other people's picks, 
you can treat that as you are betting on yourself that you are going to be better than them moving forward. And that means that their pick is going to be worth more than yours moving forward. So always sacrificing your future picks, whenever you're definitely trying to compete to get other people's future picks is a good idea whenever you are a very active fantasy player. Obviously, if you're in a rebuild, you know, you're not selling your picks to go and do things. But whenever you're in that mode of trying to go out and compete, that's always a great idea. And you're absolutely right. Day of the draft, that is whenever those picks are at their highest possible value. And it's also, coincidentally, whenever the most deals get done in your league. Mm-hmm. So it is so much fun going into a draft wherever you have five first round picks and you just get to sit back and watch all of the chaos ensue because people are desperate to do something during the draft. They they are even trying to make their team better. They just want to be involved in the draft because you took away their opportunity to make a pick. Those are fantastic times. It's a great time. I don't want to say to take advantage of your league mates, but to take advantage of your league mates, get yourself some extra free value and make your team better uh jacob says all the time draft picks are the one thing that will always gain value no matter what up until the point that you use them use them for that put your extra value in there and whenever someone's like oh but it's my pick so can't you do can't you make a deal for my pick Mm -hmm. have a lot of fun with that uh it's going to be a good time i'm still caleb williams 101 and will be until something catastrophic happens these past two weeks haven't been fun but i wouldn't say it's catastrophic and yes if if, don't be the guy who's going to pick marvin harrison jr 101 wherever you can get the 102 and a first for caleb williams and then get marvin harrison obviously we'll get into that come draft season but like i'm not crazy right obviously but i'm just saying i'm just marvin harrison 101 right like it just let let that creep into your mind like before you do anything crazy, right? It's it's Marvin Harrison 101. Like, at the end of the day, that's just how you got to look at it. Uh, it's like that little demon in the back of your head thinking you're going to do something crazy. Just don't do not do that crazy it, thing. It makes me really happy that Jamar Chase did play his final season in college because, holy cow, that would have been just as nutty. Yep. Uh, if not, even worse. You got you got Jamar Chase at, like, the 103 or 104 because you had Trevor Lawrence that's and Justin Fields. 107. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, not going to happen here. Nope. Um, look, I think, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. I don't see questions coming in. That was a little bit of a bonus. Jacob will be here. As he mentioned, this was just an unfortunate timing for the day. We have got a Halloween edition next week that I cannot wait for. Are we going to dress up? How do you got to be here to find out? Don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to do our best. Obviously TD. What a fantastic show. Absolutely elite, sharp stuff. Enjoyable as fuck. Uh, shout out to you, man. We're, we're happy to hear that. Shout out to everyone for making this possible. This is one episode for a future of just nonstop dynasty degeneracy from start to finish. We're here for you. We're going to be here for you every single week right here, Tuesday nights, 9 Eastern time, 8 Central. I don't deal with Pacific because I don't think you guys actually exist. Uh, I think you're an absolute myth, uh, but great show, Chris. I mean, guys, thank you. Thank you to everyone. This has been an absolute treat for us to be able to do this. And uh, shout out to Scott and Graham and John and Joe and and, and Tom and everyone at fantasypoints.com. If you're not subscribed, you should now. The data suite is only $50 this year. It jumps up to $200 next year. Sink your teeth in while you can. It's constantly evolving. If you want a link to Jacob's uh, Substack, Thinking About Thinking, link will be in the description. If you want to go and view other Full Tilt content, that link is also in the description. Go hit the sub over there if you enjoyed this. And if you really did enjoy this, please leave a comment on the video. It helps go a long way for the algorithm. It would mean a lot to us. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Of course, listen to the podcast. If you missed some of the show and you want the podcast, guess what? That'll be out tomorrow morning, uh, ready to go on the fantasy points, uh, just regular, not even the premium. It'll be on the regular main podcast feed. Okay. We're not getting paywalled here. I didn't want to paywall this show. Uh, we're doing it for you guys. So go and do that. Leave a comment, hit the like on the podcast. That goes a long way too. 
And the more we do that, the more dynasty content we can help provide you with. For myself, Thomas Tipple, that's at El Nostra Thomas. For Lucas Gilbert, that's at L Gilbert FF, getting it right. And for the man that makes you think about thinking Jacob Sanderson, that's at Jacob Sanderson because he's hashtag original. I want to remember, remind everyone to check in on your loved ones, even if you don't know they need it. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose in your best days. Goddamn, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.